the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. What's going on? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing very good right now. Thanks for asking. Seems like your voice has changed a little bit. Well, it's because of... I don't know if you can tell, but I got the whole... You got new do going on I do. right now. It's like, well, it makes me feel cool. Like, yeah. I feel like I look cool with this. You kind of look like a hipster. There you go. Look at that. Yeah, I'm more like Ben Askren. Is what I look like—a unathletic Ben Askren. <laughs> He's a MMA Who's fighter that? who got beat up by Jake Paul. It's kind of embarrassing. Okay, I don't know what you. <laughs> you know, you don't know anything I just said. No, no idea. So how you been? You've been gone forever, and then I was gone forever. I wasn't though. I was just gone last week. Listen, I'm so sorry <laughs> that you had to do this alone with Will. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was so. He won't listen to this. You can be honest. You know, he won't. No, I I didn't know you weren't going to be here, so I was really sad, actually. Listen, I did know I wasn't going to be here. I bought us party blowers. Oh, did you really? So that we could annoy Aww. him, and you weren't here. That makes me sad. Yeah, uh, and he wasn't as fun. He just kind of, His was really sad, like him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a frumpy... Frumpy Will is the yeah, worst Will. So, um, Will, when you, he can get really hyper sometimes and giggly. Uh, that <laughs> Will is fun. Oh, listen, he can get giggly. You get him in his hot tub... <laughs> He, I mean, like, like he gets this high pitched squealy laugh. <laughs> Stop. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I'm serious. And I don't know what it is. His hot. <clears throat> he loves his hot tub. Okay. Happiest yeah. ever. We did elder meeting one time in his hot tub. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. It was, Awkward. No, it was. It was hot. <laughs> well, so uh, you know, you didn't get to set in on the uh, end of the year podcast. So um, I wanted to just kind of. Um, double back and ask you one or two of the questions that I asked Will, and then we're going to get into on to today's topic. So. Let's do it. Um, how do you have you done anything like to pre- how do you prepare for a new year? Mm, so we're we're two weeks in. What now? A new year. <laughs> I thought you said a, mo- a moot mood year. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen. Year. So I I this is gonna be kind of uh, man. Will uh, does nothing. He doesn't. Yeah. He don't care. Neither do I, honestly. Okay, you don't. So, okay, so my kids kids get excited. So, okay, how about this? You know what I did this year so far? Nothing prepping for it, except we try to think. I try to think how can. Okay, so I have a theory that I'm not going to live past 50. Yeah. Who who is calling me? Come on, people in Grand Blank, Michigan. Um, I I have a theory I'm not going to live past 50. I think I'm going to die younger. Okay. Um, And for that reason, I want to... Not just equip my kids with the gospel, but I also want to make memories with my children um, because I have very few memories, good memories of my childhood. Yeah. And so, and I love traditions. Um, so, like, we have, like, the pickle gift that we've talked about in the past where you put the pickle on the tree, you find it. We have other, but so this year what we started, tried to do is for the new year, we started coming up with new traditions. that Ooh, and new like holidays that. Yeah. That are to our family alone. Yeah, just the four of you. Yeah, so we have like all nights day that's coming up. Yeah, all nights day is when you stay at the day that you stay up all night long as oh, long okay. as you possibly can. Yeah, um, you try to beat your own record. Um, and we we worked in some candles because it's of course I, I have to work in candles. To but but the idea is when you go to sleep, uh, the, the, we we read a passage about the, the great Sabbath, and and so you have all nights day, and then the next day is the great Sabbath. Oh, okay. So like it's it's like these two days paired together. So, like, we talked about that one. We have something called the Great Picnic. Um, we have other... We, so, we're coming up with holidays. 
That's um, cool. Once a year, to, and we try to make a big deal about them. That's really cool. I yeah. love that that you do that. So yeah, that's. It, is that something you've just started this year, or? Uh, well, we've done a couple of these. You're trying in the past. to be more intentional about it this year. Yes. Your kids are older. They're starting to, you know, th- yeah. they're at the prime age where they'll definitely remember. They right, and so like it's like we're gonna start. We're gonna start being intentional about it, and we we've done a couple of these in the past, and they were big hits. Good. And they were like, "Can we do it again?" The problem is, the first year we didn't like mark the day. We were gonna start like marking the day. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Cool. Okay. So that, that's what we do. That's awesome. No, I love that. Um. So, um, did you pick a word of the year? <laughs> no. Okay. Disappointment. That'll be mine. What does that mean? D- disappointment. Oh, I thought you said ap- just appointment. No, disappointment. I thought you said just a- the I word assume, appointment. Listen, I assume. Look, everyone, 2020 was supposed to be the 20- crappy year. Yeah. And then everyone's like, 2020 was going to be so much better. And it we wasn't. know that was, was not. straight. It was horrible. Straight crap. And so, I I don't know now. I so think, you're just going to be disappointed? Yeah. So your expectations are low? I think, I think it's going to be, listen, I think it's going to be really bad. And I think it's going to continue to get bad until the next presidential election. Oh, and then I think golly. it's all just going to blow up. Okay. It's all going to blow up. We're all, all right. That'll be the end. Well, that was good. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, talk. this country was, I mean, I didn't get, I don't feel like I get to live a whole lot in it. I'm not a young stallion. But for the few years that I have, <laughs> it's not been bad. It's been okay. The 90s were cool. Mm-hmm. Early they 2000s, not bad. Yeah. Got to the 2020s, and man, it just. Yeah, it really got out of control. Crap NATO. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> Nato. Well, you know, you have the shark Nato. Yeah, so that makes sense. Might as well have the yeah, that's the next pandemic we're going to see. <laughs> Bunch of shark ta- shark Natos. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You want to talk about something? No, real. you're good. Um, okay, that's good. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, disappointment. So that's not. Just keeping it real, man. I'm just yeah. keeping it real. All right. Well, yeah. in the Berry House, though, things are wonderful. Oh, good. Really good. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, we haven't talked about this on the podcast. You got a dog. We did. Yes, we did. Milo. Milo's He's adorable. A good dog. He's a good dog. Okay. He lo- he loves. So last night, uh, I cuddle with my kids every night. We I'll pray with them and we'll talk about whatever's on their brain. Um, last night, I lay down with Claire and and Milo likes to sleep with Claire. So I'm. I, it's Claire and it's me. We're having this like daddy daughter like sweet Milo little moment where we're like, talking to each other. No, Milo's behind me. Like he's kind of like cut up behind me, and he's whining. I'm like, what? Do you have to go pee? So I get up to get him off the bed, and he quickly squirms in my place. Oh, you puts his head on the pillow. Yeah, you were in his place. This yeah. dog is, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I didn't know dogs did this. Yeah, they're just like oh kids. Oh my gosh. Hey, do you know this? I, I read this that. When when humans and dogs look at each other's eyes, it releases serotonin. I believe that it, it has the same effect as as a child. Yeah, and, and not not every animal is that what that way, right? It's it's. I think yeah. it's cats sometimes with no. some people weird cats people. Are... Yeah, no one no one feels because cats. If you look them in the face, they just don't care about you. They like scratch you in the face if you look at them. <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously, like I thought that was really cool that dogs and and, and the serotonin is released in both of their brains. Yeah. Humans and dogs. I thought that was massive. I believe that. Yeah. Um. So uh, today we're going to talk about something. So you, uh, you kind of, um, you start, you kicked off our um, new sermon series for the year. Yeah, First Peter. We're going through like 
eight or eleven books this year. I don't even know. Yeah, it's First Peter, some minor prophets, and Second Peter and Ephesians. <clears throat> oh, okay, so yeah. that was a lot easier explanation than Will. Will like pulled out his list and read. Yeah, everything. he probably just listed all the minor prophets so you could think <clears throat> it's cool. But no, it's just it's like three or four minor prophets, First, Second Peter, and Ephesians. That's it. Okay, so you kicked us off yesterday with First Peter. Yeah. Um, First, first sermon in the series. So I wanted to, um, and I knew, uh, I was kind of glad that Will wasn't going to be here because sometimes Will can't be serious about stuff or sometimes <sighs> he's a little bit too serious. You know what it's I mean? It's one or the other. And when we have those kind of podcasts, we have to kind of separate us out. You know, do you yeah. remember when we did the mental health uh series oh yes I we had to separate each other out so yeah. i wanted to kind of touch base i wanted to kind of talk about something and this was you know this is something that i had a conversation with somebody about recently and um i wanted to be able to kind of talk about um a few passages a few verses in what you um preached yesterday but so I, the term child of god yeah um what is Tell me what that means to you. Yeah, so what this is, is it's a term for those who've been adopted into the family of God, a.k.a. Israel, right? So when people say, who are God's people, that is Israel. Now, I don't think, in fact, I don't say I don't think, I will say without question, I know that is not national Israel, because Paul says it's not national Israel. The true people of Israel, the true people of God, are those of the pro- of of that are the people of the promise. That's he talks about that in, in, in Romans. So children of God, it is it are, it are those people who are adopted into the family of God. That is the people of the faith. So people that are given the inheritance. So when, when you think about an inheritance, you give inheritance to your children. So when my mom died, um, the inheritance wasn't big. It was a five disc CD player. That was my inheritance. And that's a big deal back in the day. Actually, it was a crazy deal back in the, the day. the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I'll, uh, this is going to get dark, but, like, I was I was very excited to get the CD player, but I didn't know how to, like, quite handle that. Because, <laughs> like, this is amazing, but so sad, you know. But but in this case, in this inheritance, that is eternal life, uh, we, we and, and not just eternal life, but righteousness, right? We're clothed in righteousness. Um, that's an inheritance given to us. Uh, by our Father, so um, so that is the inheritance we get, and that's the people of God, uh, right? Paul says he could have made uh, a Jew from a rock, um, and so it, it's not the pe- children of God aren't just Jewish people. There's no longer Jew or Gentile; it's the people of the faith. Okay, so you 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 answered that really uh, well, kind of uh, with the thought process that I'm kind of going into. So, um, you know. <clears throat> you and I have talked a little bit about it, um, just kind of our childhoods, and um, yeah. I didn't have the best relationship and still don't with my father, and um, you you said it once in a sermon, and it really, when I heard it, it like, it if I hadn't been driving, it would have brought me to my knees. Yeah. Uh, um, I was actually on the way to the podcast to record, and you talked about how a lot of times... Um, like we will take the sins of our earthly fathers and we'll project that on God the Father. So I want to talk about that. Um, That's something that I've always struggled with and I still to this day, um, you know, if I'm being very honest, still um, am trying to work through that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But like, let's talk about like as believers, Mm -hmm. what it looks like to look at God as our Father. Yeah. No, okay. So it's, it's, so like, I'm, I'm curious how you, I mean, unless you just don't share about it, but like an example of like how you cast it. Like, so like for for me, it was, I I never felt like it could be good enough. Right. So it was always like, 
Uh, and I think that's pretty common with people with unhealthy dads. It's always trying to earn or try – just like, you know, it, I think as kids, if we if our fathers are not loving or caring or uh, they're absent or whatever it is, there's a tendency to – like you're trying to earn their affection some way or somehow if nothing's ever good enough. So for me, um, my dad worked a lot, mm-hmm. um, so he was never home. And then eventually, you know um, – things happen, you know, he, he and my mom separated and divorced. So I always had this concept that my dad was abandoning me. Mm. Like he was never around. Um, there were things going on within our home that I, you know, now wonder why he didn't do a better job of protecting right. me from right. as my dad. Um, and so I have brought that into like, I've kind of always projected that, that, mm-hmm. you know, if I want to do something, I'm going to have to make it for make it happen for myself. If I want to protect myself, I'm going to have to do it myself because right. my dad's not here to do it. And I didn't realize until a few years ago, um, and what you said was really profound, and it was like, a, you know, that's when I was doing a lot of work and counseling, mm-hmm. uh, and that was like a big light bulb moment for me. But, um, you know, I even carried that into like um, – into adulthood, like when, and I project that on relationships with males. Yeah. That's, di- you know, yeah. totally different than my dad, but. No, but it um, makes sense though. Yeah, but it's it's caused some, you know, it's caused me to have issues with Jason, you know, yeah. um, and everything. But no, the the part about the dad, the loving dad, the uh, the sacrificial love of the father, the never ending love, grace, forgiveness, like yeah, even even that's the promise, hard for me to fathom. Yeah, even that promise that that first Peter that Peter writes about that we talked about yesterday that it's that it's undefiled, right? It's it's imperishable, and that. And that it's uh, it's unfading. So despite your failures, right, the inheritance that God has acquired on your behalf, it's it has nothing to do with how good you are. Yeah. Right? This is like yeah. I have this for you. I'm not leaving you. Uh, I'm and and I'm gonna you know you'll have a crown a crown and glory. Um, and so yeah, I think I think that's a. That's 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 always hard, and I remember struggling with my faith early on. And like you said, not that it doesn't ever creep back in. Like, man, you call yourself a Christian, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's it's that. So what we would always like in, in our house, it was always like a, outside of a lot of other toxic things. One of the one of the areas that has crept in was you got to you got to uphold the Barry name. Now, again. I don't know what was thought of as the Barry name. I mean, I, I have a general understanding, like, right. uh, you know, but it was it wasn't like where the uh, I don't know the Rockefellers for goodness sakes. But I remember I had this friend who wanted to take me to like a a monster truck show. I'd never seen a monster truck show. He's like, you want to go to a monster truck show? And so I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, he came, to, you know, come to get me, and uh, I was wearing sweatpants. And my dad was like, where do you think you're going? Jess, uh, Jeremy, where do you think you're going? Uh, you can't wear sweatpants to a monster truck show. And I was like, what? Why? Why? He's like, you gotta follow the Perry name. And it was like, I'm probably the best dressed one there. It's a monster truck show. But but I really think of that like that constant upholding the name, upholding the name, upholding the name, and you're yeah. gonna you are gonna. Uh, in essence, you're going to undo all this stuff that was done, and and so some of that is that feeling of constant being a disappointment and a failure, and so the fear of failure being kind of being defined in the Christian realm as something deeply unhealthy and really unbiblical. So, case in point, 
um, you know, when the campus closed, this is something I really struggled with, you know, is that, is that feel that fear of failure? Like, man, I really, I really let down a lot of people. I really, I really, you know, maybe we shouldn't have never moved in this building. Maybe I did this. Maybe I did that, that constant, yeah. you know, that feeling that just creeps in and, and makes you second guess everything. Yeah, you should be even pastoring. And so, uh, it's things like that. You realize when you reflect, why do I think this way? Where, where am I coming up with these conclusions? And so much of it has to do with exactly us, yeah, casting these things. And our Heavenly Father has this it, it, completely different approach to it, right? Yeah. It's like, listen, you're, I chose you, um, and I have an inheritance for you that is that is unfading and perish. It's not going anywhere. Um, you know, pursue me, pursue me. And this idea of he's this loving God who, and I think... And I don't know about you as a parent, but I struggle. I think of this often as a parent. When I get frustrated with my kids, like I need, I need, I don't want to act. I don't want to act like my earthly dad. Right. Though that's my genetic. Yeah. Uh, kind of your first go-to. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's both nature and nurture. Yeah. For me to do that, but and I but I'm like, no, Lord, help me be gracious, because I do not want my kids to grow up thinking. I have to earn dad's affection. Right. Um, you know, no, that's good. So no, I, you know, that's something that, um, I've worked really hard and, you know, I think a lot, I think my eyes were opened a lot when I became a parent to a lot of the things mm. that I was doing and, um, the things that I believe. So, um, no, that's really good that you said that. And you answered a few of the questions like in that, there you go. I mean, because shoot. I'm trying to be efficient. Unlike I was, Will, I was actually going to bring up the campus closing, but I didn't. I left oh. it out of my questions. Oh, I, um, I think so. sweatpants. No, not the sweatpants. Oh, okay. I was talking about the campus closing. We caught. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, you talked. So you talked about struggling with the concept of. Do Do you struggle like? Probably not today, but you said it when you first became a believer. Did you struggle with the concept of God being your father? Yeah that that never. The, the concept of God being a father figure didn't hit till a little bit later. It, it was almost like um, more of a savior role uh, came to rescue me, um, which which is true, right? Um, and because I knew I needed rescuing. The concept – now, there are, that's not the fullness of what – I mean, that's true, but there's more to it. Because, of course, then there's that, well, I'm not worth even rescuing. Why does he want to rescue me? That sort of thing. Um and so, but I think once you say, okay, he's, he's a fatherly figure. And I, th- when you have children, not everyone needs this. There's people who don't have kids who understand the gospel. I needed kids to understand the gospel. Once I had children, I said, uh, it was like, oh, I would rescue these kids no matter what. Cause I love right. them. Like I don't, they, they can be the biggest brats in the world. Um, but because they're my children, that doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that, so nine years ago, roughly, is when I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. And then that's when I saw seeing God, more of a father figure. Yeah, you know, I remember very vividly um, laying in bed with Benjamin beside of me, and he was just a couple of months old. Mm-hmm. And that's when it like really hit me and wrecked me. Like, yeah. just, um, you know, you, uh, and I want to talk about this too in just a second. You know, all my life I grew up in church hearing that God loved me, you know, sing all the songs, Jesus loves little children, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you learn about it in Sunday school, you sing all the songs and stuff, but it wasn't until I realized like the depth of my love for him, just how much God really loved us. And it kind of wrecked me in a yeah. beautiful way, you know, to where I wanted to change. I wanted to make some changes. Um, 
in just in my own personal life. So, um, so I wanted to, um, so you didn't become a believer until you were older, right? You were an uh, yeah. adult. Yeah. So I, so I made a confession of faith at 17, but okay. I, th- I think that's when a seed was planted. Okay. Uh, I think so, it's about 20 years old. I would so say. I was, um, seven. Okay. You know, and kind of my mom had started taking us to church when I was five, I believe. I was in kindergarten, and my kindergarten teacher had invited us to church. Um, so I, you know, made a profession of faith and was baptized when I was seven. So I want to I want to talk about something, and I'm not sure exactly where you what you think about it. Do you think one? Do you think trauma? Do you think people who don't have bad experiences with their dad um, being a good dad, do you think they struggle with the concept of God being the father and his goodness? Mm, um, Baker, you want to weigh in? So (laughs) so I'll say I I think that, okay, so yes and no. So no father's perfect, right? Right. So we're going to, we're going to misrepresent our heavenly father in some capacity. I think the best way is being open with that. So will my kids, they have a dad who loves them. And who tells them many times, like you have a better dad than I am? Will they have a harder? Will they have a hard time? In, yeah, at some yeah, they're level. probably going to go counseling but, too. <laughs> gosh, I, listen, there's you kind of hope for it, right? I, I, Just I, knowing I don't what mind you that know at all about counseling. I, listen, I think I think trauma is one of those things that. So there's a book called The Body Keeps Score. Have you ever heard of this book? That that's what um, my Christmas gift was oh, to it's myself. A great, book. great book. So so I now I'm not I'm not trying to take us down a rabbit hole, but I think. Um, so given his like theory, like I would even say like something like circumcision could bring about trauma. And I'm being serious. Yeah. Uh, physical trauma that your body keeps, you know, kind of keeps that in mind. So I think children experience trauma intentionally, unintentionally, um, just based because they're sinful humans. And I don't mean trauma in the same sense of like someone who's abused when they're younger trauma, but something that was traumatic to their body, something that was terrifying for them. Um, for some reason that they even, hold on to. Even a death or something. Yeah, you know, right. pray, Praying that somebody doesn't die or, right. you know, losing something or someone that's precious to you. And, you you know, you know that you prayed and those prayers weren't answered. Like, that's a that's a traumatic thing. It is. So there, there's a, um, oh, shoot, what's his name? The Irish pastor up in Ohio. Um, it doesn't matter what his name is. So anyways, he was, he was telling his congregation why he didn't own a dog. He, they said, he goes, you all think I hate dogs. But the reason I can't own a dog is because when I was a child... I had these two dogs. I loved them, and they died. So, like, he was talking about, like, and he got shooken up talking about it. He's a 60-something-year-old man. Yeah. Um, uh, Alistair Begg. That's who it is. So, so he, he's explaining that, like, this was deeply traumatic for me as a child. And so I don't, what's wrong? You don't like Alistair Begg? Alex Trebek was the Jeopardy host. No, that's Alex Trebek. What are you saying? Alistair then? Begg. Oh, I didn't. I thought you said Alex Trebek. That's what Pastor I Jeopardy host. Whatever. I was like, what is he saying? But, I hear uh, what I want to hear. I'm no. sure you know that by now. <laughs> so, so yeah, he, but he, anyway, so like, I think, I think, uh, I think it's maybe how we brand trauma probably should be broadened a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think at some level they're going to struggle with the gospel or who God is in some capacity because they're sinful beings who've had sinful parents. So here's another question for you. No, do you bad parents can make more obstacles. Yeah, th- th- yeah, th- yeah, for sure. Um, so do you think it's easier for somebody... Um, I'll use myself for, as an example, and you can answer however you believe. Mm-hmm. So for me... 
do you think it would have been easier for me? And I know there's no way for you to know this. You know, this is just hypothetical. Okay. Would it have been easier for me to come to know the gospel and the love of Jesus as an adult instead of as a child whenever I was so disappointed and so, like, had, you know, had the bad relation, had the, you know, prayed for things and, you know, they didn't go the way that I wanted them to. Um, you so know. Is it, was it easier? Is Would it, it be easier as an adult yeah. to come to know, to come to know Christ and be a believer and um, just see the, instead of like, and, and here, here's another factor to factor into it. So, um, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the, my church history background. Right. So growing up in that kind of, you know, at times toxic environment as a, you know, in a church. Uh, I mean, to me, that's, we see so many people walk away from the church. Sure. Because of the, the hurt and the toxic environments that are there from right. that. Um, thankful, you know, thankfully <laughs> churches have, you know, you have more that are healthier and not as toxic now to where you can kind of, uh, people, you know, I think, I think of our church as like a ref, a refuge place where people can come where they've had, um, <laughs> had yeah. bad experiences. We've had with that church. a lot actually. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, that was one of the reasons we came to new heights was just to kind of heal and renew and just kind of have our, you know, renew our relationships with God and everything. We've had families come who actually told me, hey, we're not, we know we're not going to stay here because we believe in doctrinally something very different. Yeah. But we want to rest here and heal here. And I find that what like a... What a beautiful yeah, thing. That's I, a I beautiful that's, thing. I, that's highly encouraging to me. Yeah. I, I want them to stay, but it's like, no, I get it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I, I probably wouldn't stay at a church where I doctrinally disagreed on. Yeah. But, but answering your question, yeah, I think that... Yeah, back up that, to the question. I think the, the diff... Okay, so... so it's so interesting. So my, my kids profess Jesus. They've been baptized. Um, now they've heard the gospel um, and uh, since, you know, truly since they were the day after they were born or, you know, like that. that's not okay, an Okay, but you've got to take in some other factors. Right. Okay. No, no, I am. I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting to, I'm getting okay, to the go point, ahead. Which, is, which is that would it be harder? So it's there's a lot of variables. So, but I think what it comes down to is... Because just like we saw that the Lord chose you, um, and I think we see even before the foundations of the world in Ephesians, and that He, um, there's a reservation made for you in heaven, as He says in First Peter. Um, that, with all that being said, your the time of your of your choosing, so to speak, is in the moment that He chose you. So that He chose for you to to come to faith. So I think, believe it or not. That your that your trauma you faced, and the time in which you converted, and what you've experienced in your life, is is part of a plan. So I almost want to. I, I would rather say, was it easier? It's a. It's probably been less easy for you as a Christian, but in what you have faced and gone through, it is much easier for you to minister as a Christian. Um, That's a good answer. Does that make sense? Like, no. so I, th- I think, I think, no, I hundred percent agree yeah, okay. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, no, I, I, for me, yes, I think I, for me, I, you know, and there were so many good things that came out of like going to church as a child and, Honestly, I think that's where God wanted me to be, um, because there were people I was intended to meet for yeah. them to be a part of my life. Well, I mean, I think and, I think of this like you, you look at like what you've experienced, and and if there was someone who who came here who who had church hurt, who 
was um, had dealt with the trauma that you dealt with, um, you and your husband. Uh, like there, there are there are things that like I can sympathize, um, and 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 show empathy to a degree. But like there's a relate. It helps to be able to relate to someone. And say, you know, listen, I know I kind of know what they need. Yeah. I, I know what's going on. I know what they've been through. Yeah, you can easier minister to them. So like I think it was as easy for you to come to faith when you did um it was the easiest because that time was going to be a part of my it was God's story time. now you know yeah it's, yeah it it truly is um no that's good that's a good answer um no so obviously i haven't been to counseling in a while i've, I've <laughs> taken advantage of my free counseling session here today thank you jeremy berry um no, this is something I have had to work through in counsel- yeah. you know, personal counseling. And, um, you know, it's something that I know just as because I am human and depravity is in my heart, you know, yeah. I'm going to struggle with this. You know, it's um, it's easy to doubt God sometimes. Um, and it's easy to doubt, you know, um, or it's it's easy to, to question, you know, do I have faith if I have those doubts and those questions? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've had to, you know, in my grown-up faith that I've had to figure out and stuff. And that's, I loved uh, the last two, um, or not the last two, I'm sorry, verses eight and nine yesterday in First Peter chapter one, it mm. says, though you have not seen him, right. you love him, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is an express, expressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, and I thought that's such a beautiful thing. Like that whole, listen, I think this, for, these first 12 verses. A powerful. Oh my goodness. Powerful. They're, they're written beautifully. Yeah. But, but you're right. I, and I, and, and I love how he tells these people who are doubting, who are struggling. This is what Christianity is. Yeah. It, it's not, it, you know, it's okay. It's okay to struggle. We see David struggle all throughout the, when I, this is why I love the Psalms so much. You see so an array of emotions. You see righteous anger. You see understandable doubt, and um, and you see that that's not counter Christianity. It's d- doubting. Um, sometimes you go, man, I don't know what you do. What are you doing up there? And then, it, it, like in Psalm thirteen, you know, you end up where David is, which is, oh, I don't know what you're doing up there, but man, you've dealt bountifully with me, even in this bad situation. I don't deserve to know your mercies. And so it is a yeah I I love I love that Peter does this for doubting Christians because we're we've all been there. We yeah no there. and you know um for anybody who has been raised in the church you know I, <laughs> how we were raised to believe is so the opposite of what the Bible shows as an example you know. So were you raised in like you got to be patriotic you got to be a good American was that something. Your church? I don't think so. You no, think you so. said that yesterday, and I was like, uh, "So we, uh, the church I I was converted in, I got a good was very life much. out of it. They had like a Fourth of July <laughs> service and stuff like that. Like it was a big now, deal. so and very Republican, like like hard, like like the the pastor there who I love very much. Still, he's a wonderful man, but it was a like very much Republican church. So you know, now that you say that, it's not a bad I, thing. I'm think, just saying. Like, I they think sometimes it. you know, because that was like my childhood church. Like you know, it has a very special place in my heart. It was where I went to church until Jason and I got married. So that was the only church I knew before Jason and I were married. Yeah, and I see. It may be a little different for me because my mom was a big like commie liberal. So yeah. like I I grew up in a commie liberal's house. You know, you know we're trying to steer steal rich people's money yeah and redistribute it yeah and uh and then i go to I, I get converted and go to a very 
conservative and what stood out to me very conservative politically you know as i've become an adult and kind of um reshaping my faith and the you know the beliefs that i have um that the gospel has just truly opened my eyes to you know now that i'm (laughs) grown up and uh, learning it on my own i realized that i probably a lot of times growing up had the the rose rose colored you know what is it what's the expression rose colored shades i believe the not shades glasses on um you know because it um, it was a it was a secure place for me. It was a place of security. I felt I found security there. I found love. Um, yeah. So you know, to it's hard for me to be able to say anything bad about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I know a lot of things uh, from it. So you know, it's uh, so, okay, I, so. Yeah, that's that's a whole another. That's a whole another podcast. The idea of the that the fine line of being critical. Anyways, we we can move on. Yeah, but, I know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, that's actually all I had today. Do you have anything else to say about it? You know, I do. What are you going to say, Jeremy? Uh, so, I'm, I'm excited. So, it's 2022, which you know what that means. Yeah. Presidential primaries. Oh, man. I thought you were going to talk about my birthday. Well, I mean, I mean, everyone has a birthday in this year. Is your birthday I, this month? It's this week. <laughs> no way! Yeah. When's your birthday? Wednesday. Get out of here. No. Jeez Louise, no way. You're, man. So you're turning 28. I wish. <laughs> Not really. Listen, my 30s have been good to me. Yeah? Um, Are you leaving them behind with this birthday? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm pressing on. <laughs> you're pressing on. You're still on. in there. Okay. Uh, no, I'll be 34 on Wednesday. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. Well, All right. So do you have anything else well, to say? I want to say happy birthday to you. Oh, thanks. In fact. Thank you. Baker and I would like to sing a song. No, that's okay. And in fact, if you're listening, I want you to sing with me. No, that's okay. You don't want to, you don't want to sing? No, thanks, okay. though. Because whenever people hear this, it'll be Friday, and that's not my birthday. So. <laughs> you know, that's I want a good it point. Wednesday, so. Well, listen, we all wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. We appreciate, appreciate you. So I'm going to uh, read the uh, last line of uh, verse 1 in, in uh, First Peter and close this out. You ready for it? This is going to be my closing from now on, okay? Oh, man. Wait, there's something I wanted to ask you about. Okay, truly. go ahead. Yeah, sure. What do you think about... Okay, I can't get over this. Like, I, maybe I'm the only one who, like, thinks this is so cool that angels long to look on, like, what Jesus is doing. Am I the only one that's like... I sit around and I'm just like, man, that's insane. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, right, um, so. <laughs> to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, here is the last line of First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 1. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Thanks for listening.